Let's go Cubbies. <laughs> yes, that is true. We are recording <laughs> the uh, fourth episode of Memory Tracks here uh, with my good friend Paul Banks. So welcome, Paul, to the show. What's going on? Um, and when I said that is true, it was in reference to the fact that we're actually recording this while watching, I guess it's the top of the seventh inning of the World Series. So game seven, <coughs> Cubs are currently beating Cleveland Indians. Hopefully by the end of this podcast, um, it will history be the Cubs. Will be history made. that has been made. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not calling it. I didn't bet any money on it, but I certainly I'm have either. a lot of invested uh, friends out there that would love to see the Cubs win, of course. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that goes there. But forgive us, Cubs fans, for not being big enough fans to um, take Not really priority. a Cubs fan. <laughs> I just think it's cool because... It is know, cool. It's really cool. It's cool. It's exciting. Um, but we're going to talk about music, <coughs> um, which, you know, the Cubs like music, too. Eddie Vedder's there. I saw him. He's a musician. So, you know, it's kind of yeah. related. He's a musician. <laughs> I have memories with Eddie Vedder. Maybe that should have been one of the... Yeah, Eddie Vedder action. Yeah, some maybe. formative uh, pre-adolescence moments. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, I mean... Did eh. you know that Eddie Vedder was, like, uh, he applied to be in Pearl Jam? Like, they were already a band in Seattle, I guess, or wherever, and uh, he was living in some other, like, country town love their music they had they put out a call to say like hey can we have it's like we a, need a lead singer like an ad in the back of a guitar magazine i think or something. so something or like, like on the board he like literally recorded himself on like a cassette tape and mailed him the cassette tape and they flew him out immediately and he became the lead singer and the rest is history how did he Crazy. hear about it i have no idea man i think he was a super fan because they had had like a demo tape or something yeah I don't know if they didn't have a singer but I don't know, but um, you didn't pick any Pearl Jam songs or Eddie Vedder. No, 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 not at all. So we didn't. We did not do that. But no offense, Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs> so episode four with Paul. Um, I'm really excited to have Paul here. Paul, I met Paul a few years ago. Uh, we started playing music together, actually, in a band called Far Far Future. Um, and we had a good uh, two and a half year run or so, and it was awesome. We were just talking about <coughs> how much we miss playing music together, um, but. Uh, more importantly, Paul is a musician in his own right and has his own multiple projects at this point, but currently is the lead singer, songwriter, and basically it's his band, uh, P.T. Banks. P.T. P.T. Banks. P.T. Capital Banks. Capital P, capital T, no space, no dots, space, Banks. There are right. dots. There are dots. But, you know. There, are there really? Yeah. No, not. I don't think so. There's dots. I don't think on Spotify there's I, dots. I, there's dots. Okay. I know well, the name of my band. Yeah. I, well, maybe like at the Waterloo sort card, it's like no dots. <laughs> you should probably get onto them. <laughs> I mean, you can Google it without dots. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you, you gotta, know, you gotta so buy ads cool. for both dots and no dots just in case. You're right. I get, <laughs> and I get a copyright on the... All right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, man, I was going to say something... But I'm not going to because I'm sure you hear it all the time and you're tired of hearing it. So we're just going to go ahead and move on. Um, what was it like? Some Were you going to like blow smoke up my butt? Oh, no. But Wait, no, that is, is that a, good a phrase? Idea. <laughs> that is a good idea, actually, because... I meant, were you going to compliment me? I No. I was, oh, no, okay, no, good. Definitely not. Um, cool. But I'm now just that you mentioned now. it, I will compliment no, you. No, no, I was Paul, just... No, Paul I, does have the... <laughs> Best voice in all of Austin, and you should really go see him sing sometime uh, and listen to his records and things because he's he's got an amazing voice. Very, that's, not, that's not what I was very good talent. Um, but what were you gonna say? Uh, it doesn't matter. I was gonna I was gonna make reference to the Interpol guy. 
Oh, man. Yeah, see, you pushed me on it, and I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, no. Um, it's true, I'm not the only Paul Banks. That's why I'm, P- one of the reasons why I'm P.T. Banks. Formerly the Carousels? Formerly yeah. Supermoon? Formerly true. Paul Banks and the Carousels? That's true. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, now that that's all clear. <laughs> Enough <out> about <laughs> Google. Um, all right. So, Paul, man, every guest I've had so far has really struggled to come up with a three. Um, and I get it because I have no idea what my three would be personally. But it's easy to come I'm up with like guess. twelve. Yeah. So you had you had a lot. <laughs> uh, I gave you about a week and a half to pick, and <laughs> I think you decided on it maybe thirty minutes ago or so. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really happy with the three that you picked, um, and excited to go through them and hear kind of your stories about them, of course, and run the memory tracks episode through it. So. Um, Without saying too much more, we will start. So this first one is called Think of Rain. Is that right? It is. And it's very sentimental and sappy. So, okay. I think I... Let's see if I get this I mean, right. I wouldn't call it sappy. I would call it brilliantly sentimental. It's good. I hadn't heard it, and this will be probably my fourth time hearing it, and maybe some listeners first, but we'll see. So here By it goes. Margot Gurian. Margot Gurian, G-U-R-Y-A-N, right? Yes. Cool. Here we go. Sixty-eight, I think, is the release, right? Older yeah, song. I think it might. Is it sixty-seven? I don't know. Something sixty-eight, like sure. Sixty-seven, probably recorded. 
Um, yeah. I I did a little bit of research on the song, so let's try. I'll set the table for a little bit with that, unless you were going to talk about that. Do you know the oh. table of the song? Do you know the backstory of the song? Uh, no. I mean, I know the backstory of of the artist and the so album, but not the song. Do you know why song. she wrote the song though? Because I, I think it's an awesome. Oh, awesome there's thing. a she gave a public story about it. Yeah, some, like so she basically was like a she was a jazz singer. Yeah, I know that. And oh uh, right, the, yeah, okay, this is that song. Yeah. This so the is whole the album one. is like, is this about Brian Wilson? Yeah. Okay. And the first time yeah. she heard, okay. God only knows. Perfect. I forgot that. The, yeah, I did know this. I knew. I knew that the record in general, and just like her making pop music in general. Well, this song specifically, but I think this was the like first pop song she wrote, it, she wrote. Like, a year before the album, came yeah, out and everything else on it, and yeah, she heard Brian Wilson's "God Only Knows," and yeah. was like, "I have to write something other than jazz." Yeah, and like, uh, like what she started. said was so great. It was like, you probably have the quote, but le- can I? No, no. I'll, let I, me I see if don't. maybe I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was like, uh, I mean, she's just like this total jazz cat, like really deep into that. And uh, just a brilliant musician, and uh, and never really listened to pop or rock and roll music, and and then her friend was like sat her down, and was like you have to listen to this song, and it was God only knows from Pet Sounds, and she just fell in love with pop music and with that song specifically, and then she said uh, she just said it was just like way cooler than everything that was going on in jazz at the time. And she knew that that's what she wanted to do. So she sat down and wrote think of rain. That's the and one. I forgot, I knew it was one of the songs on this record and I was yeah. like how this record this came was to be. It. Yeah. But I, this was the first pop song she ever wrote. Yeah. Ah, awesome. Cause it's like my favorite song on the record too. Also it has similar, has some, some similar themes with God only knows where it's Definitely. kind of like uh, we we might end up not together, but that doesn't change how I feel right now. And I think she wrote you know? it like shortly after she went through a divorce. Okay, so I didn't know that. there's some context there for that as okay. well. But, but let's talk more about your context and <laughs> why this song. Well, um <clears throat> Okay, so I guess when I first heard this, it was, I guess I was probably like a year out of college. You know, we were together like all through college. We were, we were like totally going to get married, like young, right after, right out of college and all of that. And then all the, you know, we, we, all of this stuff changed and kind of realized that I wasn't ready to do that at all and that. You I dated to do all through college, like freshman. Did you meet her at yeah. school? Uh, no, I met. I, I actually met her my sophomore year, her okay. freshman year. Gotcha. Uh, the context of when I first heard this song is after all of this change and just like total devastating heartbreak of like uh, my first year after college. I moved to Austin and I and I had a bunch of friends in Austin when I was in college because they were at UT. Pretty much all of them, most of them were gone right after school. So I moved here and really didn't have anybody to hang out with much. Like I was just trying to make friends and I, yeah. whatever. And I was just, and I'd been so used to being in a relationship and I was just like devastatingly lonely and, and what weird. What made you move to Austin? Do what? What made you move to Austin? I wanted to start a band and I knew Austin was a cool 
music town yeah. and I loved Austin from like when I visited. Yeah. Um, did you play music? And I kind of limited myself to like Nashville, Austin or New York. Cause those were like the three places right. where I kind of knew Marcos, music yeah. people ish knew at least like one musician or something. Were you playing uh, in bands in college? No, no, I wrote, I wrote, wrote songs, songs. And, but you didn't perform. I performed solo a few times. Okay. Like acoustic. Do you have anything? Or songwriter. What's that? Do you have any like videos? Is that out there? Or is that like PT Banks Super Fan Club? Um, membership. <laughs> yeah, <only>. <laughs> <laughs> you have to donate to Kickstarter to see that. I'm just kidding. Uh, there's no Kickstarter running. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not marketing right now. I promise. Uh, <laughs> um, video. Ooh, I just yeah, clipped. Uh, That's okay. Video. There's one video actually. <laughs> But there are recordings that are pretty can be pretty embarrassing if you want to hear some of those. Yeah. Well, but uh, so you moved to Austin. Anyway, uh, moved to Austin. Oh, I got a job at Dell. So that's right when I graduated from college, and uh, I took it so I could move to Austin, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, anyway, um, so I guess it was probably it was definitely like more. Th- it was like a year later, like one of my best friends moved to town and we we got a duplex together and it was like this amazing duplex in northwest hills like in this little valley with there's it's like in town it's like 15 minutes from downtown but there were like deer everywhere and it's like we were living in a tree house like yeah i lived in northwest hills for a little bit yeah yeah, just i mean some parts of austin you just feel like you're you're in the hill country because you are, but you've, right. it, you, it feels kind of like you're not in the city. You're just like in the forest. Yeah. And, uh, it was like that kind of a house. But, uh, so, uh, like we had a outdoor balcony on the second floor, like, a uh, outside where we could, and we, we hooked up speakers that were waterproof mm-hmm. to the living room, like record player and stuff. So we could listen to vinyl out there and whatever That's we wanted cool. to yeah. and our iPods or whatever. Uh, Anyway, so I met this girl, and she was the first girl since the college one. Right. Big moment. Well, she really wasn't the first, but uh, <laughs> I guess she's the second one that I really liked. Yeah. Uh, since, but I, 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 it took me years to get over this college girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could ask any of my old friends, uh, like, yeah. I... We all, we've, we've been there, we've all been there. The first, okay, I mean, I'm getting way off topic. Well, it's not really off topic. <laughs> Just, got, you, you're the host, you guide it however yeah, you want, but yeah, I'm going to yeah, tangent, yeah. whatever. Please, keep going. The first girl I dated, this is, this is, all of this is leading up to this song, so... Okay. The, I, the at this point in time, I don't know this song. I've never heard of Margot Gurian. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard any of her music. Okay. But it all kind of leads up to this song. Like... Got it. Or like why I love this song yeah. so much. Yeah, the first girl, <laughs> the <laughs> prologue, if you will. First girl I dated <laughs> after the college. So the college girl. Oh, this is really important. Paul the is college like girl. Bright red right now, by the, the way. The college girl. <laughs> I was a. Uh, I was like, I was so messed up over this. I. I, I felt all this guilt, like I I had thrown away my entire world and my life, and I like ruined everything. So the first girl, she was like totally awesome. We went on a few dates, and I was like crazy about her because she was like she had kind of a counseling therapy type personality. Okay. 
So, but what I would do on these dates was just talk about how my college girl was getting married mm. because she decided to oh, get married like yeah. less than a year after we broke yeah. up. So I, this is why I was, so, yeah. one of the reasons I was all devastated. Anyway, yeah. so that didn't last long because <laughs> she was like, I don't think I, you're really yeah. ready to a uh, <laughs> date because all we talk about is your ex. Right. And um, anyway, the second one, this was like the first girl, the one, the one where this song came in because uh, I'm pretty sure she introduced me to this record. Um, and she was like, she was like a senior at UT. I was like right out of college. Like, and she was like in this weird place where she's like going to go do whatever. She doesn't know where she's going next year. And, yeah. I, and I was like weirdly clingy and just like, I'm, I, I love you. Like, like I'm going to marry you, you know? And uh, I think partly because, well, you're an Aggie, and that's what people. Think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was so devastated over my college ex, and finally somebody who was very different than her came along, and it was like, oh wow, this is the kind of person I'm supposed to be with, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then she, so these guys she... that I knew, sort of knew, came on tour from Seattle, played a show. And then she ran off with their drummer and like moved to Seattle and married. <laughs> Wait, the second girl did this. Yeah, this um, is the one that. Wait, the third. This girl. is the Think of Rain girl. Yeah. Oh the, my god. This is the third girl. So she introduced you. So how does this tie back to the song? Okay, so the song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the song and that and by the way, third girl it was like a music nut and like kind of like just like a. I don't know how how to like. Uh, like an artistic soul and like a music, like love music so yeah. deeply, you know, like right, we, right, we right. just connected Hence in ways I hadn't with, with a girl before yeah. in a okay. certain way. Anyway, so, uh, <clears throat> and so this record, uh, so this song, the, f the first verse is like, um, so the song is just about cherishing people who you have, connections with yeah period yeah and how you should always cherish that no matter what you know mm -hmm. so no matter if you never speak again or i mean this is what the song means to me yeah i can't really talk about this stuff without crying <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i would apply it to like all relationships not just romantic ones obviously yeah, the song is like it's, it's like she's like thinking on like this beautiful day that maybe they just had like today right so she, when she's writing it, she's in, like, in love or at least, like, in a happy place right. with this person. Like, she feels really connected with him. So she's writing from the perspective of, like, right now, I'm thinking about this amazing day we had together where it was just pouring rain and we went and, like, ran under the tree and kissed and, like, this is this memory and I'm never going to forget or that will uh this is this is who we are and we should always remember this yeah like this moment so the first verse is like it, it it's sort of like a breakup song without breaking up like before they've broken up and also they might never break up but it's like just in case we ever break up but the first verse doesn't even go there the first verse just sounds like a plea for him to never leave her so she's like uh, 
if you should ever think of leaving me, you know, I mean, just to paraphrase, if you sh- like, if you ever want to maybe leave me, like, think about today, because that'll maybe keep you around because you'll think like, oh, we have this. Yeah. So this is worth worth staying. But then it, it comes clearer in the second verse that it, and where she's like, if I leave you, if I break your heart one day, I hope you would think of this yeah. and then forgive me. <laughs> like so uh so it's it's about more than just uh a simple love song saying, Today was really amazing. Please don't ever leave. I love you, baby. It's like, maybe I'll leave someday. Maybe I'll break your heart. And I, if, if I ever do that, I want you to hear this. Like, I cherish those things just it's as much as you moment do. To, What's that? It's a genuine moment to have shared. Yeah. To look back on. Yeah. But so, but in the, I guess in the context of her singing it to you, like if you're listening to it and you kind of are picturing somebody who you've lost. Mm-hmm. And it could be like, I, I would say it could be like a friend or like some, it could be someone who's passed. It could be yeah. my first love, you know, like the one, the big one from college, you know, right? who's like married. So it's like she, at that point for me, she may as well have been right. completely lost. It's not like I would ever talk to her, you know? Yeah. So, and so it's sort of like all of these people who mean so much to you who you don't ha- talk, who you don't have a relationship with anymore. It's sort of like their voice coming in over your speakers, like uh, soothing you. Like, um, I, uh, I'm still here, and what we had is like this moment in time that like is still a part of both of us. Yeah. No matter what. Do you listen uh, to it? very often anymore and is it um I probably listen to this that whole record take a picture my Margot Grant um that this is on uh I probably listened to it like I mean for a few years I listened to it like probably three times a week <laughs> for like a few years I'm like I was like obsessed with this record <laughs> it's I think it's one of the most I think it's like I need the, to listen to it yeah I, I, I think it's like will. So she's like, she has this, she has, this is the only album, like proper album she ever made. She was a composer and like music teacher her whole life. And uh, she got into the pop game, like writing, she's like writing for other people and stuff, but she never, like the album was a total flop, like this album. Yeah. And uh, so she just really never did anything after that. Um, And uh, part of it was because her voice was like really weak and and soft and pretty but they had to like layer it to beef it up you know yeah like she's not like a pop singer right and she's especially in the 60s like not as full right her her voice is really weak yeah i mean i think her voice is i mean it's beautiful craft but yeah at a time when there was a lot of yeah but yeah in that time that wasn't really like a hip thing or i guess well you could maybe you could definitely find some stuff that was hip with that, I mean, and she's she'd be one of them, but it wasn't popular, right? And like she was writing pop songs, like so, uh, like I think she wrote something for the Mamas and the Papas, like you know so. for other singers, like, yeah. um, but uh, the record like went out of print, like I mean it flopped, like and then like 
I guess like in the late 90s or early 2000s, these records were like selling on eBay for like hundreds of dollars and stuff because it had become this underground phenomenon, especially with like indie pop under like indie pop hip, like that type of singing became really cool during our generation. Like, like a really soft, like wispy girl singer. So the record kind of was like the first record like that ever made, you know, but also like, musically crazy brilliant because she's got this the great background. jazz background and yeah. melodic sense. Uh, That's cool. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but, oh, one time she, I messaged her on MySpace and she responded to me. Margo? Yeah, like old what? lady Margo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She's like 70 years old or something. Maybe not 70, Margo. Sorry, Margo, if you're listening. Uh, this was like... What did she say? Around that time, like, because it was MySpace, so yeah. it had to have been around, yeah. like, right after college, because I'm old, and right. uh, that was a decade ago now. What'd she say? Uh, I sent her a message. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had had a few beers or something, or I or I'd probably was had been on the patio doing this memory that I've been talking about, <laughs> where I'm listening to it with no the rain. No one will love me again. But, uh... <laughs> I just sent her a my I she I found her on MySpace. I sent her a message that said, uh, "Margo, your songs make me cry." Oh, <laughs> and she responded back, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that." <laughs> Brownie face. <laughs> yeah, that was probably her granddaughter. <laughs> no, like no, out of here. You think it was her granddaughter? No, Paul. I think it was definitely her. Oh, yeah. okay, thanks. But well, she has a YouTube account. She That's like uh you know, Jacob uh got into a Facebook message thread with Donald Duck Dunn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love these stories of like old musicians using social media to supposedly Well the thing them. is she's not famous. Like she's she's famous yeah, you're right. with so, people like Yeah. I mean, so what happened was okay. like it wasn't even available digitally, like Sonic Youth <laughs> uh their label, like they were fans of this random underground '60s pop record mm-hmm. that I'm, that I've been talking about, and they uh, signed it to like put it out digitally, so you could buy CDs in stores and on iTunes and stuff. Thank you, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Margo. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, so this next one is a group called Jump Little Children. Is that right? It's true. Yeah. And the song's name is Mother's Eyes. So yeah. we're gonna jump into that. Here we go.
one of his eyes. Yeah. So, I don't know anything about this band. Um, or this song, particularly. It's I, pretty, right? Yeah, it's really pretty. I get like a it's very, very Radiohead, OK Computer-esque vibe from it with like the acoustic. He kind of has like the Tom York wavery he's, Yeah, he's, uh, he's a crooner. Yeah? Yeah. I, I dig it, though. It's really, it, it starts <coughs> off with that kind of like cool instrumental intro for a while, and then you hear it. Yeah, like I love little, the intro. I think it's really, really pretty. It is pretty. Um, so, yes, this band, like, I mean, not everything that they uh, made is something that I am super into. They started out as sort of like a jammy, silly band that would play, like, college campuses with, with their, like, with, like, brilliant musicianship, but, like, not always my, not really my jam, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Lots of skill, little soul. Yeah, I mean, they had soul. <laughs> it was just, like, not cool. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I mean, it is, like, late, it was in the late 90s. Yeah. And I, it was cool. It was cool in a certain for a very particular audience. World, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't hear any of that then. Like, I just, I d- I've dug into their whole catalog because of so much, so much music that I love. But, so they've done so many different types of things, and they, they like, they have a record of, like, where they do a lot of, uh, like their final show when they broke up, they did they played a lot of like Irish folk music, which is just like incredible performances. Uh, anyway, so they're like they're a band that a lot of people knew in a certain part of the country. Like they had a good touring, rep, like fans with mostly college kids, I think. Uh, and I was in college when I heard this too, but uh, in Texas, nobody knew who they were, and I can't remember how I. I think I heard of him through my friend Terry Price in high school, uh, who was kind of my music me- music mentor. He's a songwriter. His band's called Photo Ops. He's yeah. totally awesome. Uh, but he's like the dude in high school that like introduced me to like cool non radio music, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's how I got into him initially, uh, and it was uh, a song called Cathedrals by them that. I think got kind of big because it was on a TV show or something, you know, which is an incredible song. Oh, and I almost picked it because yeah. I wanted to pick a Jump Little Children song because no one knows this band. Yeah. And because they're not hip or cool. Yeah. And I just want to say, it's gonna be your own I thing. don't care. Yeah. Because they should be because they're ridiculously incredible, except when they're not, because they were always being torn between trying to like break into like mainstream and just be themselves. And when they were more themselves, it was like so amazing. Yeah. And they were always going back and forth, even on like the same record sometimes. I mean, no offense if you're listening, Jump Little Children, Love You Forever. <laughs> like they changed their name to Jump because people were, were confused. Like, because people didn't know there was a comma. And people are like, what's Jump Little Children? It sounds weird. Like, were you beating up little children? I mean, I'm assuming that's why they changed it. Or maybe the label was just like, it'd be catchy, just call it Jump. And they made, like, a much more commercial record. Yeah. And whatever. You know, they did all kinds of stuff. And then they're just like a Van Halen cover band. <laughs> they could do that, too, because the lead guitarist, who's also the celloist, is ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so, in college, I was obsessed with this band. For two, for their two really awesome albums, and one of them is, uh, it's really kind of like 
'90s alt rock style, but with like this, they're it's like, but with this, like you said, like kind of a Jeff Buckley, mm-hmm. Tom York kind of singer, yeah, that crooning voice. So, yep. like people always ask me when I like when I started uh, playing in a uh, and like you know I'm I'm a crooner. I'm I I used to be even more of a crooner. Yeah. And now I'm sort of like trying to sort of found my own voice, but uh, like this dude, this dude is like was probably in hindsight my number one influence on singing, like the singer of this band. Yeah. Okay. Which I didn't really realize till years later. Like huh. people are like, just like when I wait, like this the times where I'll like where I've like gone off and stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the crooning, soulful crooning thing, or right. you know. Uh, people are always like, "Oh, like, did you were you really into Jeff Buckley?" Buckley yeah. And I'm always like, "Well, so yeah, but not really." Like, I mean, I think he was like this one of a kind artist. I've never really like thought his compositions were. They never really grabbed me as much. Yeah, um, well, he only has what one album, so that too. Not, not a lot of uh, to work from. Well, there's two. Well, there's like the the other ones like wasn't like really finished, but stuff. yeah. Um. Anyway, I love Jeff Buckley, but yeah, uh, he what he didn't like change my life like like and Jump Little Children like actually did. So I just wanted to tell That's the world cool, that. Yeah. So um, thanks, Jump Little Children. But uh, so this song reminds me like of time when uh. So like I oh I actually mentioned earlier I worked at summer camp in college mm-hmm. every summer mm-hmm. except for well for three summers. Yeah. And uh uh there so we had we had these friends like some of my best friends in the world like like some like some of them are my groomsmen at my wedding uh are people that I met working at camp like That's as cool. camp so it goes way back. Yeah. yeah. It goes way back. And uh so some of them were at UT and A&M and like there were some Baylor people and we all got really into this band. Um and the ones who weren't like just went anyway. Mm-hmm. So they they played at some tiny club on Sixth Street, like like Dirty Six downtown Austin. <laughs> Disney like, Rooster. One of the like one of those. Yeah, I yeah. don't know which one. Maggie, Maggie I actually think Simpsons. it might be closed now, but or a different bar now. But like it was like a tiny crappy Sixth Street club, you know. Yeah. And they're like on the road from uh, I can't remember where they're from. Uh, Boston, I think. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They're Berkeley School of Music yeah, people. Yeah, I think I'll move to Boston when they started the band. So they were like this touring band, but they'd been on like major labels before, like, but they just never, they weren't big enough to, you know, they weren't big here. Yeah. So yeah. we're like literally the only people at the show. And <laughs> this isn't even the story I was going to tell. <laughs> I was going to talk about the drive there. <laughs> anyway, this was like one of my main memories from college was this night this whole night including the drive out there the show just being with these people like uh these people who are still like my best friends in the world yeah. and i still talk i still talk to them pretty much every day on email we're in this big email group we talk while we're at work yeah we talk like we share all kinds of stuff with each other we all live in different places like in different states that's cool one yeah. of them lives in thailand like we talk all the time still so and this was one of the main formative memories that I have with these people, where that ha- like I have a photo of like f- 
uh, the four dudes that were in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're walking like, like arm, arm, arm over shoulder <laughs> cross, like <laughs> down, like a street in Austin, you know, and we're like, Wait, you, we're like 20 years old, or your friends 21 or years old. Do what? This is you and me and my friends, oh, your friends walking down the street after the show. <laughs> And there's this candid photo of us, and like we 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 like like I have it framed, you know. Oh, that's adorable. Like it's like my 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 your bros. brothers. It's your brothers. My brothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? My brothers. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so uh, anyway, so this song in particular though um, was always it was, was the just, one that grabbed you guys collectively. I, well, me the most, I think. Yeah, yeah, but maybe them too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I I'm, I might be wrong, but I think that the song, this is what I thought then. Could be wrong. I actually thought about it today when I looked at the lyrics. Yeah. That maybe it was What'd you about think? his mother dying. Mm. But I always thought that it was about his wife or girlfriend having a, a child, like yeah. having his child. Yeah. But it could not might not be that either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter because yeah. It is what it is for you. I would mention also in that bringing you back to like these special memories, like there's something about being young and liking a band that like just you and your friends kind of know about and getting yeah. to share it with people. And this was that band. This was, this was this like was that band. For that. This was one of those bands. Um, like in going, like when we went to the show on dirty six, we and were literally the only, the only people there. <laughs> Like if we hadn't driven and you're looking in town, at everyone, like you guys don't way, know, like we missing. people, there were a couple of Longhorns, other than two people, like it was like people who drove in from College Station and people who drove in from Waco to meet up and go to this show. If we hadn't driven in, there would have been no one yeah. at the show. And I've been, I've toured and done shows like that. Yeah. So like it was super fun for them. Yeah. Even though it totally sucked for them financially, I assume <laughs> because I've been there, but it was a really special night of yeah. like this is our band. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we love this band more than anyone in the world. Did y'all hang out you know? afterwards? Yeah. We, yeah. we hung out with them. Like we, we, you know, we hugged, we hugged them and stuff. That's fun. And we were, we were kids like, that's and fun. that's, yeah. there's something about that. Yeah. Sorry. Good. No, it's good. Um, by the way, it's six thirty. Cubs are up top of the eighth. Top of History the eighth. History's about to be made, my friend. Six to three. Well, there's a little bit of game left here. <laughs> uh, okay. So, We've got one last song. We're coming up on the hour mark. So originally I said we were going to play oh. two versions of this song, but instead I'm going to make the executive decision to play one. And you had mentioned that this song is called Heart With No Companion. Um, yeah. And originally it's by Leonard Cohen on the yeah, same it's, album. Yeah, it's by Leonard Cohen. And, and I love the, on. It's on bar- yeah, various positions um, yeah, from the 80s, yeah. But you had mentioned that you had first heard it as a cover song from a guy named Ron Sexsmith. So I'm going to play True. the Ron Sexsmith version okay. because everybody knows Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I, I bet every, yeah, most people have probably Ron heard Sexsmith it. Ron Sexsmith is a maybe. little bit more yeah. out there, so I think it'd be good to let people Yeah, and the Ron, the Ron Sexsmith, this came out, I guess, like maybe a decade later or more, yeah, like mid, like mid to late 90s. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is Heart With No Companion. Oh, okay, sorry. And I greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair. 
great i i was not familiar with should i know should i know around sex smith is he he's great he, uh is I mean, he well known he's mm, it's like so he's doing, more well known than well doing yeah, the like doing sort the of research well it's like he's critically he's acclaimed. Getting, yeah he's got all these like elton john Cheryl crow rod stewart yeah Oh, was Costello. It, these these are like people who like no, who like shout out to him. Who like say, Paul like, McCartney awesome. sh- has shouted out yeah, to him too. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't heard of him. He's a great songwriter, him. but uh, this, this is that's not cover, his yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, like but his, his voice, songwriting yeah. and his vibe is like really uh, just classic and smart yeah. and yeah. simple, deceptively simple. Right. You know. Um, so originally written by Leonard Cohen, yeah, and Leonard's version is very similar, a little more country esque, I'd say. Yeah, it's like so it's yeah. more like a gospel, like gospel country gospel maybe. Yeah, that's probably fair. 
with but with like eighties drum sound. Yeah, because like that one comes out in as like a choir. So yeah, yeah, right. I think so. Yeah, or am I just thinking of that record in general because of Hollywood? No, I think he does. He has some choir action. No, yeah, but you heard it first from Ron. I did. I was a Ron. I Ron Sexsmith. I listened to him in college around that same time that I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, but this album, this is his first album from 95, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't listened to that until a little bit after college Mm -hmm. when I was, uh, playing shows and stuff. And, uh, I was on the road. I know I was in Tennessee because there's a song on the record called Lebanon, Tennessee, and I was by myself, like, on a solo tour. Okay. Were you driving yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when this was. Or maybe I was, like, driving back, ap- like, after recording or something. Like, That's a lonely gig. For some reason, I was driving <laughs> through Tennessee. I was probably on... I, I, I've been on, like, yeah, I've done, the, I've done the, uh, a few of those, like, yeah. solo acoustic tours. I used to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't do that as much now, except a little bit regionally. Right. Now it's usually band stuff. Right. But um, I know I was alone, and I was driving through I was driving through Tennessee, and I know I was driving through Tennessee because there, he has a song on this record called Lebanon, Tennessee, and I drove through Lebanon, Tennessee. Yeah. And it was I was like, oh, I listen to the song. Anyway, um, so I was driving through Tennessee when I was like when I first heard his this record, which was his first record, um, and like. Like, the opening track is Secret Heart, which was really big around the time because Feist covered it. Gotcha. And it was, like, Feist's big hit or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so, I mean, you probably have heard that I do song. remember that, yeah. But, uh, okay. yeah, but Ron's great. But um, I was really wanted to just talk about, the like, how awesome Leonard Cohen is. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, yeah, we can. Well, this is, you kind of get to cheat here. But, yes, my memory part, is yeah. of, so, I, I mean, and this cover is beautiful, and it's really a, uh, understated and simple and because and the reason that works so well is because the lyrics are everything in this song so the opposite of the last one uh so this this is my favorite song is that is that i've ever heard uh that i've like this is my favorite song yeah i mean i don't mean like recording or i just mean my favorite song just everything about it yeah, yeah. just the writing uh it's my favorite song like yeah. ever written. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I've decided powerful, that. Powerful statement. I decided that. I mean, I'll probably take it back. Yeah, no. It's on, I decided it's on it a couple now. years ago. Can't take I it was back. like, you know what? I'm just going to call it. It's my favorite song ever written. It, I'm just going to. I'm sorry, Beatles and whoever else. You know, I'm just going to say it like it's my favorite song. Okay. It just is. It's like it is him. It's really pretty. Um, the open. Can I read the opening words? Yeah. So it's, let's see. I greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair with a love so vast and shattered it will reach you everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that's, that's really straightforward, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to be, and yep. it's really bold. And, it, and it's a little bit, like, it's a little bit hard to know exactly what he means. Like, why is his love... Why is this love shattered? Is it his love or is it something bigger than him? Is it like God's love? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's like all of the above. Yeah. And uh, it's vast. The love is vast and shattered. 
Um, so it'll reach like, it'll reach anywhere. So um, I like that it says shattered because it sounds like maybe there's a hint of pain where um, this love that he has or has found that came from somewhere else or is his own or whatever. Hmm. Uh, it's been shattered somehow. So there's just a hint of uh, like, why is it shattered? That doesn't sound yeah. like a good feeling. Yeah. The shattered word throws it off. I think what I, but like, I think that adds to like yeah. why it's so spreadable because yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I'm getting really like <laughs> spiritual. Yeah. We don't, yeah. No, you funny. know, but, uh, I think there's like pain in it in this love that like he's because he understands pain. That's why he's able to spread this love. And I think that's really beautiful idea Uh, right off the bat. That's already there. But like, you haven't even gotten into like the, the stuff of the song, which is like all of these, um, all of these, uh, I guess metaphors or like examples of something that's, uh, off that like some, some, of people who are unfulfilled in what they are. Like they, they know what they are and it hasn't been fulfilled. Yeah. So, and, and each example is just a heartbreak, you know, and their examples are really diverse. Like, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, okay. So what is it? It's, um, sorry. I'm like, I get really emotional about the song. I gotta like, just think about it for a second. Yeah. I mean, when you say it's your favorite song, then they put a lot of pressure on yourself to make sure that you articulate why. <laughs> well, the but thing I don't is, want you to feel that pressure because I know you feel be- a lot of It's pressure. so good that I shouldn't have to, ex- I don't have to explain it. Yeah. I just want to, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's a podcast, we're supposed to talk. So, yeah. oh, I'm supposed to talk about memories though. So I'm driving <laughs> and I'm listening to this and I'm just bawling. Yeah. And uh, the first time you've heard it? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, and I didn't know, I thought Ron wrote it because Ron's a great songwriter, you know. I didn't know it was Leonard Cohen even because I had never heard yeah, his Positions heard album, which is like a ridiculously beautiful album. I'd, yeah. lis- I'd listen to 60s, I'd listen to like early Leonard Cohen stuff, but I had never listened to that record. Right. Even though it's the one that like in our generation, like Jeff Buckley That's the one made that, huge yeah. uh, with Hallelujah. But so anyway, I'd never heard it. And I'm just like, which um, wait, can I interject on one side note mm-hmm. on that? So there's a really good podcast that people should listen to. It's called Revisionist History. It's from the author Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. I think episode seven is all about the song Hallelujah and Leonard Cohen's process of how he wrote it. Mm-hmm. It appeared on that record and then he like reworked it years and years and years and then ultimately Buckley covers it and then it becomes huge and people go back and listen. And so anyways... Mm-hmm. Revisionist History, Episode 7. Definitely listen to that. I'll check that out. Yeah. I do like that song. That's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's... Uh, oh, I, so I just... It just hit me really hard. It was like... Um, I mean, at that time, I was like weird and heartbroken and kind of questioning like what I was doing with my life and where I was, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then... And here comes Leonard Cohen's words through Ron Sexsmith, and he's just like, "You have to do this, like, for for the for this, like, you yeah. have to do this for other people, not like that isn't like specific to like being a singer or a songwriter or like some kind of hubris, like, 
or yeah, like, no, but oh, like I'm really important. I need to sing. They need me. Like, yeah, just like we all have to do this. Like, we have to keep going. Uh, for the people who feel like they can't keep going, you right. know, to make it really simple, you know. But so he's he says, uh. And I, and I sing this for the captain whose ship has not been built, for the mother in confusion, her cradle still unfilled. Uh, for the, and so, so those first two are like, that's already like a lot, but you know, like he's a, you're a cap. I mean, why am I, I'm breaking it down like you're five years old. I'm sorry. I, I'm like totally explicating it way too much. Okay. I don't, I don't have to go through every line. I just, I love it so much. So the, like, he's already a captain, you know, but he has never sailed a ship, but he knows he's a captain. Like, he's made to be a captain. Like, he's born to be a captain. And that is, like, painful, you know? And I, I, I can relate to that, you know? Uh, especially at that time, because I, I was making music, and I knew it was like what I needed to do with my life. Like it, I was, it was my my whole everything, you know. But it was really, you know, it's it's always a struggle to do anything like that. Uh, to try to make a living doing it, and you right. know, yeah, uh, all in all kinds of ways, you know, not like what was me. Like it's an it's a privilege to be able to do it, but you know, uh, it's a struggle. Yeah, but like knowing that you're good at something there's a space that you, there that, that you're that you're, that, that you're able to do something and, and, you, you, and you need to do it yeah. yeah like you're a captain like you need a you need a freaking ship to guide right you don't have one you know so there's that and then there's the mother in confusion her cradle still unfilled which is like it's like that but but even more emotional i think like because it's like this inside like it's uh Something I can't ever understand. But my sister, around that same time, had like had a, a stillborn child like the week he was due. Mm-hmm. So I know these are all metaphors, but like that one was pretty like just yeah, straight up you, like yeah. like uh, she she always wanted to be a mother. She was she was like planning for this child, and then the child like. Uh, passed away like the week that he was due and she had you know so I had been like going through all of that uh, with the family and just how hard that was with for my sister and everything um, so it's like the the captain <laughs> the captain whose ship has not been built the mother in confusion her cradle still unfilled and, you know, the, all of these could be metaphors for, like, any kind of human struggle. Uh, you know, it can be a metaphor for, like, poverty. Like, you're made, like, you are you have these talents or these passions or the, these purposes in your life, and you can't do them because it's something yeah. it's not there for you to do, you know? Right. And that's just, it's just heartbreaking, uh, just that whole idea of, like, and it's, it's like a very basic part of humanity to, like, relate to that. You know, yeah. so I, so I think that's really great. That I think he defines it really well. Yeah, like why we sing. So that's what I'm ultimately getting to. Yeah, and he says it. He's like, I see. First, he's like, I sing this for, for this. And then, and when he does, when he goes into it again in the second chorus, he says, 
and you must you must keep well you must keep your promise for this so anyway so it's like why it's like uh, it's really the song speaks for itself it's hard to explain without just saying but it the words like it came at a perfect moment for you and then it skips from like these humans to like the specific parts of humans so and he, and it, he says them as if they're kind of the same idea which is which gives it a lot of depth so a heart with no companion for the heart with no companion like he's comparing that to being a mother without a child or a sh- captain without a ship a heart needs a companion just yeah. as much as a captain needs a ship so i think that's beautiful and sad and then uh for the soul without a king like which is like whoa this is going like to a whole other level like spiritual level and like um you can interpret that however you want like you like you can you can look at it as just pure like uh like man needs to worship something like Mm -hmm. people sort of like always find something to kind of worship you know Mm -hmm. or like like a soul needs god or an idea of god or something like you know so that hit that meant a lot to me and then um and he's sort of comparing, like, a soul without a king is like a ship, a captain without a ship, or a mother without a cradle, or a heart without a companion. So, the, like, these basic parts of humanity that are, like, unfilled. Yeah. That everyone, I feel like everyone can relate to on some level. Um, and then for the prima ballerina who cannot dance to anything, which is just, like, this heartbreaking, like, they're all, it's like a heartbreaking visual like, see, but you're taking a path of <laughs> like sadness and see, but see, actually, I find all of these lines to be very inspiring because yeah. he's basically saying that you might feel this way now, but because he greets you from the other side. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those ideas are sad, right? And Cohen is a lot of his material is very sad, right? But I, but I think this is one of the more uplifting songs that he actually has. No, it is. That's yeah. it. The song is like a big fat encouragement to 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 people who are in despair, though. Right. So there's despair involved, but it's encouraging. Yeah. It's like a, this is this is because of, because of these gaps, because of what's not fulfilled, yeah. because of what's missing about like who we are and and we're not fulfilled fully in that. So and I'm and I'm here to like and we're all here to help each other fulfill it. You know, I mean I the more you, I talk about it the less good it gets. Like the less more like it should just sit on and be itself. I I think that for me so especially like when I first heard this song and then like listened to it for years and still listen to it all the time. Uh uh, I mean, usually the Leonard Cohen version, but really just whatever, or I'll play it, you know? I've covered it before, you know? Uh, um, it's like, it, it it makes me want to go on and yeah. do, and be, just keep uh, trying to be who I know that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So, like, it's, it, I, I the best way I could describe this song is like it's why it's why it's why people sing, you know. 
or it's like why we should yeah. love it and it's so simple and I it's weird that some of my favorite songs are simple like that because I always am trying to write like complex songs I mean not always but sometimes I need to just like chill yeah anyway I can stop talking you're good well this <laughs> has just been ranting. fun <laughs> it's been Cubs. fun it's a tie oh. game. <laughs> yeah, it's a tie game. So we should probably... Did we jinx it somehow? We might have. I don't know. We'll see how it ends up on the other side. Six to six. I but guess, bottom, I guess you out the there in phone. podcast land, you guys already know what you happened. You know. <laughs> well, I think we should probably uh, end on that note. And cool. uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, that's it fun. It was really fun. It will reach you everywhere.